I want to get closer to my intuition. The only way to get closer to my intuition is not by, you know, building my body up to be this strong character, right? A persona and have this personality of protecting. Of what a man should be. Of mm -hmm. what a man should be. Instead, going deep into my own heart and, and finding that softness so that I can have balance. And through that softness, then maybe I can provide a space for intuition to arise, mm -hmm. right? And then that would be me getting in touch with my feminine aspect. Right. But first, I have to be brave enough to do that. Yeah. Right? First, I have to be brave enough to go against what I've been taught my entire life, go against what the, everybody's said, and, and, and do something different. Welcome to Curious Ones Podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, the host of the podcast, a yoga and meditation teacher and philosophy lover. Each week you will hear eye-opening interviews with the different teachers of the Andara Yoga Institute located in beautiful Baja, Mexico, along with other teachers that pass through here. This life-changing knowledge shared through authentic, heartfelt communication will help you live a happier, more fulfilled, and connected life. Let's dive in. I'm so honored to have my guests today, Solana Prema and Rama Torres. They have been leading a retreat here, and I just love seeing all your guests so happy and smiling all day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Solana Prema is a yoga and meditation teacher, marriage and family therapist, breathwork facilitator, and holistic mental health and wellness expert. And Rama is a yoga teacher and meditation teacher as well, breathwork facilitator, and a conscious filmmaker. His recent work includes being director of photography on the documentary Women of the White Buffalo, which is number three on iTunes. <laughs> Yay. Howdy ball. <laughs> which we just heard from you that it's number three on iTunes. Amazing. So congratulations <laughs> and welcome you. to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. We love you, Andara. We're having a great time. Mm -hmm. oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. So... Uh, Prema and Rama asked to start with a little blessing, so mm -hmm. I'll hand it over to you guys. Mm. Thank you so much. We just want to start our practice and drop into our hearts, clear the space. So we're just going to bring our hands to our heart. Come into our breath, big inhale. Exhale, sigh it out. Yeah. <sighs> and let's inhale for home. Ganesha. Jay Ganesh. Jay Ganesh. Ah. Jay Ganesh. 
Thank you so much. It's a beautiful <sighs> beginning. I feel calmer already. <laughs> Amazing. So, as I was speaking with you guys earlier, uh, we were thinking about what to talk about today, and then I was looking at your website, and I saw your beautiful partnership, and I thought a great topic could be talking about the masculine and feminine and as well as the conscious relationship. So would you like to start by explaining the concept of masculine and feminine in the world in general? Sure. Well, first of all, we're high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what you felt a little attracted to. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've been moving through this life, this maya, this, you know, path of dharma together for more than half our lives now. How many years? Ramaji? 30. <laughs> He's wow. better at the numbers. 30 years together. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So what a practice, right? Mm -hmm. And this divine feminine, divine masculine, it's within each of us, yes. right? It's not like I identify as a female, so I only have divine feminine energy, uh, or Rama defines as a gender identity of a male and he only shares divine masculine. Rather, we both have both, all of us do. Yeah. It's our innate power. And um, so this divine masculine, divine feminine energy is moving through us uh, and, and within us and around us. And it's also moving outside of us in the elements mm -hmm. of the earth and the world. And we see that a lot here at Yandara. Here the elements are surrounding us. We're surrounded by the ocean and the mountains and the sand and the birds and the wind and all of it. And that's also who we are. So we've been, our path has been to focus on ourselves individually. I feel that part of the success of our relationship is not about changing the other, but instead working on ourselves, taking accountability mm -hmm. for the refinement that we can do within mm -hmm. ourselves. And we use the yogic practices for that. And that's actually conscious relationship, right? Conscious relationship and conscious relating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you relate to that? Well, um, so, you know, without the divine feminine and the divine masculine, none of us would be here, right, <laughs> yes, for one. That's true. So we are absolutely birthed from that, right? We come from that. And so there's, you know, that's, you know, on, on one level. But if we can go back deeper, deeper in time, that's the original essence, right? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? The masculine and the feminine energy, right? We, we go back, 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 creation to the beginning of creation, right? Uh, the Vedic scriptures, for instance, talk about Shiva mm -hmm. as being the unmanifested consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that the first thing to come out of Shiva into creation, which is the manifested consciousness, is Shakti, the feminine aspect. So from the beginning, there was that and there was that. And then here we are. Mm -hmm. So Shiva is the masculine and Shakti is the feminine. Yes. And Shiva is the unmanifested consciousness. Yes. And Shakti is the... Manifested consciousness. Uh -huh. Right? Mm -hmm. Shakti um, is everything that we know. So if Shiva, the masculine energy, is the unmanifested consciousness, it sits there with nothing, no attributes. Mm -hmm. It's just there, right? Potential. Potential. Mm -hmm. So all of the potential is the feminine energy, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we have 
Mother Earth, right? We have Mother Nature, yeah. Mother Ganga, <laughs> yeah. right? Mother Moon. So, mother Moon. <laughs> so the Mother, Love the Mother. mother. Yeah. The Mother is everything that we can see, taste, hear, feel, touch, smell. Mm-hmm. She is everything. Mm-hmm. The manifest reality. The manifest mm-hmm. reality. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. And we have both of these aspects in within ourselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And also in our spine, mm-hmm. the Ida and the Pingala, right? Yeah. This energy that moves up the spine like a serpent. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, kind of meets in the middle like a relationship and goes this way and twirls up and does some yeah. dancing along the way. And so it's a beautiful energy of the snake. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> when our energies are balanced, the Shiva and the Shakti, the sun and the moon, the yin and the yang, mm-hmm. right? And there's many other metaphors for... For the masculine and the feminine. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then we're in that perfect sattvic moment, that mm-hmm. perfect sattvic, which means balance. Mm-hmm. Sattva means balance, um, experience of presence, yeah. of balance, of grounding. And from that place, can we consciously relate? Yeah. From that place, can we consciously be of service? From that place, can we consciously grow within ourselves? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just distracted by... Uh, the monkey mind, really, and all the other things that are pulling us away from our true essence, which is that balanced Shiva Shakti, Mm -hmm. balanced divine feminine, masculine feminine energy. Beautiful. So no matter how you identify, we still want to have a balanced amount of masculine and feminine. Absolutely. And finding, I love that analogy that you just gave them. Eden Pingala are represented as energy channels that go up the spine and kind of go away from each other and then meet and then go yes. away from each other and then meet. So I love that you use that as the analogy also for a relationship mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we have to do that, right? We have to mm-hmm. go away from each other, take care of ourselves and then meet somewhere mm-hmm. and then again, go mm-hmm. away and meet again. Mm-hmm. So much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much so. Or mm-hmm. probably won't go very far. Right. <laughs> 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 because we have to grow individually. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we can grow together again. We can grow individually. We can refine. We can connect to our inner power. And then we can come back and be and rise together even further. Yeah. So Rama, let's um, ask you as the masculine side of the relationship, what have been the practices that you've used to refine your personal experience before being able to come back into the joint experience? Well, Going back to what Prema said about the conscious relating, right? So the conscious relating has to start here first, mm-hmm. right? So I can, there's no way that I'm going to be able to relate to my wife or to anyone else if I'm not working on that interiorly. You know, I, I have to seek deep inside of myself and create the balance, the sattva, the, harmo- the, the harmony, the um, the holisticness, right, and, and create that within me so that I can then feel whole mm-hmm. because otherwise there's lack, Yeah. right? There's too much of this or too much of that. And you're trying to find that in the partner. Right. Mm. And yeah, that's right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
generally for for men we have a different type of mentality on life right in general mm -hmm. right not speaking for everyone but just in general the man is the breadwinner he's got to go out and do this and you know the protector and all these things so mm -hmm. we can be completely off balance sometimes because we tend to just think that that's who we are mm -hmm. and having a soft heart for a man most men won't do it yeah right because it it goes against everything that they were taught as children you know if your father was a certain way and you're watching him from from a young age and you're growing up and your father's also telling you oh you got to protect the family you know there's truth in all of this right because mm -hmm. because there is truth in that you you must be the protector or the provider but in this day and age it it's a dance it's not just right. that the man's protecting and providing the woman is just as much out there now protecting and providing mm -hmm. the single mom has to be the father as well Right. Right. My parents got divorced at a very young age. I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother became my father as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And she had to assume that role. It wasn't a choice. She had to do it. And, and she, you know what? I take that back. She didn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But she did do it. Mm -hmm. So even then, my mother was not a yoga practitioner. Um, she was a very spiritual woman. But even then, now I'm just realizing as I'm speaking about it that there must have been a deep consciousness there for her to understand that I now have to step up in a different manner. So I wish my mother was alive right now so that I can actually speak to her about these things and find out what what did you do? What was that practice that you did, right? Because that, that to me, um, it's quite incredible that she went deep inside and realized I need to provide, I need to be the protector. And what did she tap into? How did she find that, right? So she did it naturally without yogic practices. Mm -hmm. So she used her intuition, Yeah. right? And so as a man, I'm inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna get closer to my intuition. The only way to get closer to my intuition is not by you know building my body up to be this strong character Mm -hmm. right a persona and have this personality of protecting of what a man should be mm -hmm. of what a man should be but With instead correct <laughs> but quotes, instead, lots of yeah. quotes instead going deep into my own heart and and finding that softness so that i can have balance and through that softness then maybe i can provide a space for intuition to arise, mm -hmm. right? And then that would be me getting in touch with my feminine aspect. Right. But first I have to be brave enough to do that. Yeah. Right, first I have to be brave enough to go against what I've been taught my entire life, go against what the, everybody's said and, and, and do something different. And for that there has to be, I, I believe a motive, right? Mm -hmm. Something, right? Something inside that wants to, wants that for you because right when you grow inside and then you're able to find that balance within yourself, then you can share that with others. Mm -hmm. Then you can share that with others. Mm -hmm. What has been the motive for you? <sighs> I think the, the women in my life, my mother, my wife, mm -hmm. you know, the, my mother first, right? The mother, the mother is the first guru. Yes. Right? And guru from darkness to light. Mm -hmm. So you're in the darkness in your mother's belly and then you come out into the light. So mm -hmm. the mother, regardless, is the first guru, right? Mm -hmm. Jema. Jema. <laughs> um, so 
my mother's been a, a deep inspiration for me. Like I said, she wasn't a, a yoga practitioner to say, but she was a very spiritual woman. And so that really um, influenced me a lot. And and I saw my mother struggle. And also, you know, seeing your parents divorce and you've seen the, the, what your mother's going through, you want to connect with that. And me and Solana have been together for 30 years, right? My love for her makes me want to connect more, right? And that that's where conscious relating begins, right? Yeah. Because there has to be a motive to want to change. So I I want my wife to love me. I want to be a good man. I want to be the provider. I want to be kind. I want to be sweet. I want to be gentle. I want my wife to look at me and be inspired by me. Mm-hmm. I want my wife to look at me with admiration. And so there's so much that you have to do because that's not easily earned. Right. It certainly doesn't come naturally. Yeah. For for the human race, it does not mm-hmm. right to just be a gentle, kind yeah. person the skipping world around. Kind of teaches us the opposite, right? <laughs> yes. We have to fight for everything. We have to be strong. We have to show that nothing uh, affects us. And no like feeling, no emotion, right? Yeah. Not you know, pushing in the tears, pushing in the vulnerability. Mm. Um, you know, big heart, right? Especially for the man aspect. Yeah, and um, you know, that's all crap right and um you know and we have to blast that out you know somehow again through these yogic practices through breath work through mantra Mm -hmm. through um meditation techniques through chanting through hiking through um dancing you know through putting your feet in the grass in the sand whatever it is for you right Mm -hmm. uh reading writing right journaling it's just whatever it is all of it's yoga Mm -hmm. in my heart all of it's yoga. And then therefore we can consciously start relating not only to our partners, but with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we can be mindful in everything we do. When we're journaling, we're mindfully journaling, right? We're paying attention to, you know, maybe we're observing our writing or we're observing how we turn the page. Why, are we in a rush? Are we like turning, <laughs> we're trying to fill the page? Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. little things like that. Yeah. When we go and fill up our water bottles, maybe we can be a little more present while we're filling up our water bottle. Maybe we m- might want to hold a mantra, mm-hmm. a mantra. Mantra means mind, man, mind, tra, expansion. Let's expand the mind, right? So mantra takes us out of our mind and into our heart, into our focus. What's our focus? What's our intention? We call that in Sanskrit, sankalpa. Sankalpa, mm-hmm. our intention. What's our intention? So I think Rama was sharing that. His sankalpa, his motive is he wants to be, my generalization of what you shared is a better man, Mm -hmm. a better human being, a better husband, a better yogi, a better child of God and goddess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do too. That's my wish. If we don't declare our wish and our prayer, you know, in our practices, maybe in the morning when we wake up, before we rest at night, how will the universe know what to bring us? <laughs> do you do you think it works that way? Because I do. I, I'm thinking sometimes I go between uh, putting my requests out there and between knowing that the request that I have in my heart was planted in my heart by, by something greater than me. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, and I, I also resonate with that big time. I also feel that Maybe even subconsciously, unconsciously, the seed was planted by your own, our thoughts create our reality. Mm-hmm. So even though it's bigger, it's like a planting 
it's a, it's, it takes a village, yes. if that makes sense. So there's this, there's this blossoming that happens, but perhaps when we have an intention, a goal, a focus that we're <clears throat> declaring, we can keep our mind, <clears throat> excuse me, on that focus so that we're not going all around. And yes, when it actually starts happening, I, I, I feel what you're saying. That's a bigger thing. It's definitely outside of ourselves. It's that interwoven vastness of, right, just meeting consciousness and meeting yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. your bigger self, your best self. Mm -hmm. I love that, putting the intention on paper to kind of start the process of manifestation, right? It, mm -hmm. it becomes from a thought floating in our mind into something that you can actually see and touch. Mm -hmm. That's right. On paper. That's right. Mm -hmm. I think personally, we've ha I've had lots of experiences like that really? where I'm able to focus on my intention, my sankalpa that I set, and then incorporate the practices into my life that are going to support that. Mm -hmm. So that might mean letting go of some group of friends. That might mean choosing to fast for half a day. That might mean... Um, choosing to do puja once a week and mm -hmm. worshiping a particular deity. Mm -hmm. Like for a ceremony. A ceremony. Puja yeah. means worship. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in my personal life, I worship Shiva and the Shiva Lingam on Mondays mm -hmm. each week. I've devoted myself. I've committed to myself. I've made a commitment with myself and God to do that every Monday. Now, of course, there's a little slack here and there. I have to work. And we are householders as well. We're householders. We're yogis living in the real world. We aren't able to just be in, you know, the caves of the Himalayas meditating all day, right? right. So how do we find that balance? Now we're back to that word of balance and wholeness, yeah. sattva, and divine feminine, divine feminine, divine masculine energy, and how important balancing out those two energies within the body is, mm -hmm. because then we can live a more balanced life. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. What I think about is in this, finding this balance between the masculine and the feminine, the individual and the partners, mm -hmm. the, um, the self and the other, is the balance of compromise and where is the balance i guess between compromise and self-abandonment right because there is a difference and i think it's a fine line here of when am i giving up for the good of the mm -hmm. whole um, or the other kind of whole and when am i giving up to the point of something that is far from who I want to be or how I want to show up in the world. Yeah. How, how do you navigate that, Rama? Mm. Well, I, I think it kind of goes back to what Prema was saying about knowing when you might have to give something up that doesn't serve you, mm -hmm. right? Um, let's say um, you have a group of friends and they want you to go out with them somewhere, right? But you know that if you go out, you might drink alcohol and drink and that you're supposed to go to yoga the next day with another friend who's mm -hmm. inviting you to yoga, mm -hmm. right? But you have these friends. So there's a moment there where there's a decision to be made, mm -hmm. right? And in that decision, there needs to be some discernment, right? Yeah. It's a very powerful word, discernment. 
because this is when you need to choose. One, one of the goddesses holds what's known as a goat, and a goat pushes away and pulls towards. And some people might not understand why the goddess is holding this, but it represents, it represents discernment. When you need to push something away and when you need to pull it, it's a tool. One of the tools, the one of the weapons, it's a weapon, right? But it's really a tool. And so it, it brings into awareness that there's things that you might have to push away sometimes. It might be family, mm. right? Because your family might be pulling you down from you wanting to seek something, right? Let's say you want to follow yoga and your family's locked into a religion, mm-hmm. right? Nothing wrong with that. Right. But you may want to experience that. So there might be a moment in your life where you have to step away from everything that you know. You have to unlearn everything that you've learned yeah, mm-hmm. so that you can find out who you truly are, right? Because even our families, society in general, but it starts inside of your family where the conditions begin to put on, begin to affect you. Right. Conditions, uh, opinions, right? When, when someone gives an opinion, we had, this is where discernment comes in again. When you're having a conversation with someone and they're giving you their opinion, when they're giving you their opinion, there's a choice to be made there. There's two choices. One is I'm accepting what you're saying as truth. And if I do accept what you're saying as truth, it automatically begins to apply into my life, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But if I don't accept what you're saying as truth, then I need to be aware of that so that I can use the discernment to say, that's a wonderful opinion, but I'm going to continue on my way. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. I think that's a interesting point that you brought up because it's not always clear when somebody, well, first of all, if it's somebody's opinion or is it a fact? Right. 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 And then is that opinion relevant to me? Do I take it on as truth? Because what I'm thinking about is what if the opinion is about you? Right. So when somebody gives an opinion and they say you do this or you do that. And in the end, it's their opinion. So do you take it as a fact or do you take it as an opinion? Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Discernment. Mm -hmm. Discernment. Yeah. 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 So how does one know if they're out of balance, if the masculine feminine part of themselves is out of balance? Because I think to make the discernment, you need to be balanced. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I feel, um, well, our nostrils, for example, like I know it sounds weird, but if you do breath of fire in right nostril and then left nostril, breath of fire is a practice of pranayama. Prana represents our life-sustaining force within the body and pranayama are the exercises that we do to increase our prana in the body. Um, So, for example, when we do breath of fire on one side and we plug one nostril and we're exhaling through the left, let's say, it might feel more plugged than the right in that moment when we switch sides. Now, there's an amount of time that each nostril is clearing up. So I think it's 90 minutes, 90 minutes or something like that. I'm not absolutely sure at this moment, but we're constantly shifting just like Mm -hmm. the three gunas of sattva, rajas, and tamas. So there's this constant movement, this circular energy that's happening within. So we're not I wouldn't call it out of balance, but just naturally we're experiencing a different moment, Mm -hmm. right? So it is, let me tune in to what is happening and then let me do the practice that might support that. Mm 
So for example, in the world that we've grown up in, women are, these days especially, very divine masculine, like go, 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 keep up, you know, raise the children, make the food, go here. It's just like constant. Have a full-time job. Full-time job, of course, right? <laughs> Relationships with your friends. Relationship with, with your With your partner. family. Clean the house. Do this, do that, right? Yeah. All of this stuff. When is time for me, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and masculine as well. So divine, we're all living in that space of go, 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 chasing life, chasing the dream. Mm-hmm. So many of us need to balance out our divine feminine side more, mm-hmm. me included, because sort of just to get by, you kind of arrive here with that momentum, it feels like. And now it's like, how can I soften my heart? How can I tune into more gentleness within me? How can I be more nourishing to myself and then therefore to others? So instead of again trying to change our outside experience, let's change our inside experience first. So some of the tools that we can use are pranayama and some meditation and silent walks to get the balance to get that balance again that Mm. shiva shakti that you actually can experience i won't go much into it but quickly in a yoga class for example we'll practice some shiva practices that are strong and powerful calling in the sun energy yep yang exactly and then some Devi practices, Devi, uh, goddess practices, Shakti, moon practices, more yin, yeah. gentle, stretching, opening up. And it's not even that they're gentle. That's the wrong word. They're powerful. Mm-hmm. They're just slow, mm. right? It's just like whew, presence, yeah, yeah. absolute presence, and just like being in it. And the pain comes up or the challenge or the sadness or the tears. And then we just use our breath or our mantra to move through it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really beautiful. And then you start to feel the merging of the two energies within you because you're doing the soft practices. Sometimes we do some Sufi movements and, uh, you know, opening the flowers in our heart, this sort of thing. And then we'll do some strong breath of fire or some strong plank pose, right? These, mm-hmm. these sort of things as well. Yeah. I love what you mentioned because it's so interesting. Our current state is that we feel pressure to be more in the masculine side of our energy the doing and the going and the accomplishing and the you know always being on always doing more and more and more mm-hmm. um and actually you both said it um that a lot of the practice is about really finding a, the softness mm-hmm. in order to feel the intuition as you said and mm-hmm. about and also to notice that there is another option right mm-hmm. rama you said that before we started yeah. recording and it really hit me because it's true we don't even realize that there is another option of being yes mm-hmm. right that we see how the media portrays life and how everything is happening already around us and we don't even realize there is another way that's right until you have that moment of bliss that satchitananda which stands for truth consciousness and bliss Mm. and we feel like we're back home yeah you know that feeling yes it gives me goosebumps Mm -hmm. and it's like this is what i've been yearning for yeah and then you never want to go back (laughs) (laughs) then we have the choice again that's true so then when something comes in our life right that's trying to pull us Mm -hmm. we call that asura consciousness then we can just come back in 
to that blissful state the best we can. And we're also doing the best we can. We have to not be hard on ourselves. I think that's really big on the practice. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that I've been working on my whole life, really, is like, how can I, I don't need to be so hard on myself. Again, something that I've been taught from a very young age. School teaches us that. Mm-hmm. Finish your homework by eight and then uh, do this, do that. You have to finish the test and write the, mm-hmm. the structure, the boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Well, as we start to grow into yoga, which means union, we start to open up and blossom and we have to become more adaptable and flexible and accepting and surrendering and trusting yeah. of the way. Yeah, because it's, as you said before, it's easy to do this when you're sitting in the middle of nature or in a cave, you know, as the yogis traditionally were practicing. But uh, you both are householders living a life in a city in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you also hold other positions. So not just being yoga teachers, right? That's right. You're also... Kind of in the world, I mean, film industry is known for mm-hmm. being very pretty unconscious, even mm-hmm. though you're working in the documentary. Yeah, but area. not always. Right. Yeah. Not always doing conscious work, you know. Mm-hmm. More and more these days, I'm, I'm just choosing the conscious work because more conscious work is developing. More people are, are paying attention now and saying, hey, wait a minute, look, there's other ways. Yeah. And so now they're, they're seeking people to support that, you know, and, and, what, and what they're doing is is which is quite beautiful is a conscious filmmaker will begin to put a conscious crew together mm. some of our some of our productions um shout out to my brother adam who i work with a lot and um he he did something really beautiful and, and i do it a lot now on our on my productions um when we worked on the film heal we started with three ohms the crew starts with three ohms mm-hmm. You know, so there's an alignment there. So there's a different people aligning. The yogis are finding each other, right? We're all yogis, but we're, there's a lot of us out there that are working as householders and, and have careers. And yeah, the film industry is, 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 is the world of illusion, mm. right? It's the yeah. world of illusion. So it's true. <laughs> and in this moment, I'm, I'm really into filming more documentaries because it's, it's not so much of an illusion. It's more of documenting life, bringing stories to light and mm-hmm. and sharing um, important messages with other people who are ready to hear the messages. Because especially right now, after everything that the world has been through, right? People are ready now. If they weren't ready before, I think there's a whole new group of people who are ready. Yes. They're just done with the busyness. They're done with the, the speed of things, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of power in what's subtle. Right? It's more powerful. Yeah. Subtlety is more powerful, but we're not able to align with subtle because we're moving. We're talking. We're having conversations. We go eat with a friend and the, and the, the meal consists of catching up and conversation. Uh, one of our teachers says that the greatest thing that you can share with another person is silence mm-hmm. because within that silence, there's wisdom. And if you're both listening to that wisdom, then you're both in a receptive receptive place yes Mm -hmm. right so it's really beautiful but in order to get to that place of having a having a lunch date with someone and not speaking (laughs) it takes we're going now back to conscious relating it Mm -hmm. takes two individuals that are deeply deeply doing the work Mm -hmm. 
one of them can't be doing the work and the other because then that that you're not having that there will there will be conversation one you know and what how would you look if you're coming to the conversation and you're just silent the whole time another person's <laughs> talking you know then the arrogance is coming in right the spiritual <laughs> arrogance the spiritual egos kind of sneaking in because like i'm going to teach them oh, that this yeah. so you have to meet people where they are yeah. right yeah. and in order to have a balanced relationship right a conscious relationship two people need to be doing the work mm. it, but it really it starts with the one um our teacher says that the only relationship worth having is a relationship with the divine mm. because when that's established then all relationships are divine mm-hmm. right but that has to be established first if if that's not established if there's no foundation there then it's just a lot of it's just a lot of talking at the at the lunch date you yeah. know which is fine too you know there's not nothing against that but we're just we're right. trying to speak about something so i'm just using that as a metaphor yeah it's a it's a beautiful practice that you mentioned sitting being able to sit with someone in silence also is kind of a place of vulnerability and trust between mm. the two people i mean it can be romantic relationship but it can be friendship or mm-hmm. work relationship even mm-hmm. um so i think that's a beautiful practice that you just brought up uh, Check it out, try it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check it out, try it out. Yeah. And one thing and I just want to add to it is that, you know, when you're in the in the in the real world, whatever that is, yeah. or your career, you you have to be you have to bring who you are to that p- place. Mm. So if I'm on a film set, I'm 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 bringing everything that I am to that. And and people start to pick up on it. They yeah. start to notice, you know, and so, but you have to, you have to be brave enough to do that as well. Yes, definitely. Bringing the yoga teacher, bringing the meditation teacher, yeah. bringing yeah. the breath work facilitator into yes. the, into making a film. Mm-hmm. And everybody's that. oming before the, the shoot. <laughs> I, love that. I love that point because it's so true. You don't have to be doing yoga in order to Mm-mm. work consciously. You Absolutely can become not. conscious in any field that you work. And I have spoken about this before on the podcast. There's a teacher that I love and he says it about also being an artist. So in any field that you are in, even if it's not considered an artistic field, you can still be an artist in the way that you do your work, like being a creative accountant or creative um, electrician or, you know, like any any field that you're in. So taking that a, a step further and making it a creative, conscious mm-hmm. um, worker or professional. Absolutely. And how can we add to the space when we enter the room? Mm. So it's our work, it's uh, arriving at a meeting, it's meeting up with a friend, right? It's it's showing up to uh, a date, whatever it is. How can we add to the room, right? Because as soon as we enter a space, our energy is felt. So it's coming in with a light, because that's who we are and then we're more magnetic the light that we put out that will come back to us Mm -hmm. because you can deeply feel a negative person enter a space right it's Mm -hmm. very heavy and you can feel it and so rather we can work on ourselves again create that balance create that light i call it the lighthouse we are a lighthouse that's who we are at our true nature and then we can move through the world that way maybe we can give some a stranger a smile and change their day you know maybe we could help somebody across the street that might be struggling on the corner with a cane or something right whatever it is or pick up some litter on the beach so these little acts of virtue Mm -hmm. of of 
presence of mindfulness, kindness, kindness compassion, mm-hmm. forgiveness are huge. Yeah. The benefits are rippling. And they might not be right away. See, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that, again, we're go- we do something good and then we're like, Hey, where's that good thing coming? Where's my karma? How come it hasn't showed up yet? Well, hey. <laughs> Get for it. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that truly service? Mm. No, it isn't. Service is selfless. Yeah. So service is like, you know, you give somebody a gift maybe, and it didn't even have a name tag on it, so yeah. they don't even know who it's from. Yeah. Right? I've heard somebody <clears throat> speak about this recently, that it's really about this fluidity. If you're not willing mm-hmm. to give, then you're blocking off the flow that is always there of the cycle yes. of coming and going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it is an energy receive yeah. and an energy give, right? Like mm-hmm. kirtan, mm-hmm. call and response chanting right. that we do, right? That's a call, and it's like that. So yeah. you give and then you receive. Yeah. And then when you're singing and they're receiving, then they're receiving back it mm-hmm. energizes the kirtan person singing right. and it's not about giving in order to receive it's just acknowledging the natural cycle that mm-hmm. is already happening that is already there mm-hmm. so Absolutely. once you cut it off by keeping more to yourself so i have more and taking care of like i mean it is important to take care of ourselves of course so We are able to be better and conscious in the way that we relate to others. But I think a lot of times in, this, in our society, there is this mentality of like, mm-hmm. take care of myself mm-hmm. in, at the expense of others, mm-hmm. which just uh, like makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. <laughs> Blood's boiling. English, English saying, but. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. I, I get you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> The hair's just sticking up on the back of her neck. We don't want yeah. that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, exactly. No, no, no. It's like Kali, right? <laughs> But I, I mean about this selfishness that I have to take care of myself because otherwise nobody will take care of me. Mm. And otherwise, if that person has, then I have less at, in right. some way. Um, you know, just... blocking the flow that is already happening there's always a flow of things coming and going so let's say mm-hmm. financially how i look at it like if there's a big expense coming up if you're afraid i'm not gonna spend the money there i mean where is it gonna come from you're art- automatically mm-hmm. me, putting yourself in a place of fear right. that it's not going to come so That's you're right. blocking the, the flow of giving and receiving and absolutely and Yeah, that's such an awareness. Shiva and Shakti. (laughs) Exactly. There it is. It's that flow again, right? And in every moment, we kind of just have to check in Mm -hmm. because it's like, which one are we leaning more toward at that moment? Because it's always one. And then at the end of it, it's like we have two. We have the choice. It's fear or it's love. Yeah, it's fear or it's love. Mm -hmm. So what's the choice? Where do we want to go? And it's okay that it comes up first as fear. Because that's maybe natural, right? Yeah. And that's okay. But the, the, the goal is, let's become aware of the fact, oh, I went right into fear, right? And maybe mm-hmm. self-sabotage. Yeah. And then instead, take a step toward love, take a step toward courage, mm-hmm. take a step toward the heart. 
Hey, I'm quickly interrupting the episode to extend an invitation. If you are interested in deepening into any of the subjects we talk about on the podcast, we offer many different experiences on our beautiful grounds here in Baja, Mexico. From nine-day modules such as sound healing and yoga nidra, to breath and meditation, as well as two or 300-hour yoga teacher trainings, and many different shorter retreats. Check out our website, yandara.com, to see all the information about the different experiences. Let's get back to the episode. What you said before made me think, because you guys are very lucky to be both conscious and both committed to your path of growth and spirituality and awareness, but I'm thinking about partners that have been together because I, I've met... Um, some students that have spoken to me about this. So they mm -hmm. become interested in spirituality and awareness and start having these questions and developing their consciousness. Um, and their partner might not be interested mm -hmm. in that path yet or at all. Mm -hmm. How do you guide people in that? That's a big question, right? <laughs> yeah. And who knows if we really have the answer. But uh, one thing I'd like to share around that is everybody comes to a time in their life, perhaps, where there's like an honest inquiry toward maybe something greater. And maybe not, right? But I try to see people and experience people in that way. So... It might not be look the same and be in the same little box as maybe I would define it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for my relating. So for a partnership that is a little bit different there. The truth is that we're here to expand individually, uniquely. And we're born alone and we will die alone. It's not a scary thing. A negative, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And so we're moving through this whole consciousness with our beautiful selves. Yeah. So that's really our only thing to focus on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, my teacher says, spirituality and consciousness has to be a little bit selfish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but in a way for nourishing your own self so that you can be in your own greatness. And if that's not being supported in your relationship, let's say, it will be very clear. Mm. Often, um, when we work on ourselves and we bring those practices home, let's say we go on a retreat or a teacher training or whatever it is, and our partner might not be kind of vibing with that, I always share with different students, just share and teach by the way that you be. Mm. Be that person. Be that yogi. Be that present, fulfilled strong in self, self, yeah. and others will learn from that. Continue with your rituals, your worship. Don't try to force yeah. yourself on someone that else. That never works. That will never work. You'll get the opposite, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And if there's that natural inquiry within them, they will ask. And if they don't ask, then that own individual within themselves will come to the point where they might have a a moment with God or goddess or divine spirit or their pet or whoever they consider their guru. Mm -hmm. You know, guru is that which brings you from darkness to light. Where they might start contemplating that relationship a little bit. 
-hmm. Not saying that, also, is the grass greener on the other side is another interesting thing to look at. Sometimes things, things seem really great when we're not in it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, am I comparing myself to someone else? Mm -hmm. So it's just good. Again, that word discernment, that word of balance and that world of, you know, when I get there, is it going to be better? Mm -hmm. So one of my teachers says, when you have some problems you're dealing with, you could go to India and Hawaii and Baja and they're still coming with you. So, you know, when you're in Hawaii, you're thinking about LA. When you're in LA, you're thinking about Baja. When you're in Baja, you're thinking about Hawaii. (laughs) So what, like, where am I right now? (laughs) Right? So again, it just brings us back to the self, Mm -hmm. the internal. And my hope is that, like Rama shared, I can be, inspiring to him Mm. somehow that he'll want to inspire himself and then but I don't want to do that in a controlling needy suffocating way either because that's Mm. not love that's far from conscious relating so how can I also love him for who he is and who he's becoming Mm. and one of our teachers also says look at your partner as the divine see God in his or her eyes, even when they're being a real pest. (laughs) Try it, just really try it. Maybe do some soul gazing, you know? Maybe do a little touch, you know? Maybe put your hand on their hand or your hand on their foot or something, or on their shoulder, right? Can you expand on soul gazing, please? Sure. Soul gazing is kind of like what you and I are doing right now. It's very fun. (laughs) It takes you right in. Soul sister, soul gazing. You can do it with your sister. You can do it with your parents. You can do it with your children. You can do it with anyone. And what we're doing is we're just deeply looking into each other's eyes. And we're trying not to blink. And we're just seeing God in the other. And I see smiling and bright light and so much radiance in you. And it's just teaching me. As I'm looking into your eyes, I'm learning about myself. I'm seeing my light in your eyes. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> that's well, thanks for soul gazing with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Anytime>. <laughs> it's very nourishing. It I suggest that everyone try it. Mm-hmm. You know, just give it a try. It doesn't have to be for so long. But um, we also have a wedding photography company, actually. We're both photographers. Mm -hmm. And so we photograph a lot of couples, obviously. And um, when they're doing their vows, Mm -hmm. sometimes they haven't stared in the eyes like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes they get a little uncomfortable. Or sometimes even at the engagement sessions, I see it. And when I'm asking them, stare into each other's eyes, connect the third eye, they get a little bit like they start laughing and stuff. It's really cute. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys have never done this? <laughs> I'm like, good. Okay, let's do some yoga right here. So you guys are going to look each other in the eyes. And then they start laughing and being playful. And it's the cutest thing ever. Aww. So it really brings us into our playful nature. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a huge thing in relationship. But we get so tight ass about stuff you know and so ah, I want this and I want that and the white picket fence and the child by this age Mm -hmm. and the perfect everything and you know where we don't you can't travel on your own and it's just all this stuff why not just see how it goes let the person be who they are support them in their dreams and visions Mm -hmm. and then you do what's best for you you live your best life Mm -hmm. and then you can support and inspire them beautiful 
Wow. I love what you both said about being, wanting to be inspiring to your partner because that's so beautiful. It's not about wanting to make them a certain way. It's not trying to pretend to be something that you're not. It's, it's holding yourself in a place of, of love, mm. of love, yeah. of being the truest essence of yourself in the partnership. Mm -hmm. mm. Authenticity. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It gives me goosebumps again. I'm getting a lot of goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking about this. Because it's like, um, that's who we are. We yeah. are love. Mm -hmm. And that's how we want our partner to see us and experience us. I think that's yeah. our deep wish. Mm -hmm. And often in relationship, we're trying to pretend to be something we're not. Mm -hmm. So that they'll like us. Right. Better. Or they'll do more for us. Or they'll be more affectionate. Or they'll want to spend more time with me or they'll support me in having an altar or they'll support me in having my yogurt practice or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That comes a time to be like, what are my goals, my intention, my sankalpa in my relationship? Who am I calling in? Because light attracts light. So often I think too with sacred relationship, how can I drop more into my love, my divine love? Actually, prema means divine love. Mm. That's what it means. And it means divine love, not the ushigushi love. The ushigushi love is great. It's also, it can be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> it brings lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots of maya, right? Illusion. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's like the play, the play of the thing. The real self is this love that you talked about. And... It feels so good to be able to be seen in a relationship, to be heard, to be validated, and to be listened to. Mm -hmm. And I think that can really happen in silence. Yeah. But that can only happen in silence if you have a practice. Otherwise, it's really hard to shut the world off yeah. because there's so much we have to tune into. Mm -hmm. So at home, what we do, because we are householders, we do have jobs, we have bills to pay, we have things to do, we have to pay for our car and our thing and our insurance and, and all of the things that we want to do. And that's okay. I'd much rather live that life personally than probably meditate in a cave all the time, all day. Because yeah. I like being in the world. Yeah. Like Ganesha, mm -hmm. you know? He's, he's the god of joy and he's got a big belly, he enjoys food and all sorts of good things. He loves music, he's got the big ears, he likes to dance. So I'm like Ganesh, I'm like, let's have some fun. Well, anyways, what do we do? We have our daily practices. We go to our altar every day, individually, right? At our own time, also together. But I don't say to him, hey, did you go to your altar today? You know, <laughs> did you go to the altar? We have a shared altar. Did you go to the altar? Did you do this? Did you do that? I know that he'll go when it's right for him. He'll light the candle. He always does. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Sometimes I'll come home and he's gotten some flowers for the house. He's gotten flowers for me and he's gotten different flowers for the altar. Mm. So that's just so lovely. So little yeah. surprises like that, yeah. you know, around devotion, around these spiritual practices is a really beautiful way to also encourage that kind of relating. Yeah. Right? Hey, let's go on a walk. You know, let's, hey, let's go listen to a podcast. Maybe we'll listen to Solana Prama and Ramas. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But like, hey, let's go on a hike and listen to a really great podcast. Mm -hmm. Then we can talk about it later at dinner okay. instead of gossiping about like, you know, 
your phone call with your mom or whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about conscious stuff. Amazing. You know? Yeah. I love that idea of listening to a podcast or maybe even a TV show, like yeah. a documentary or something like that, or reading a book and then discussing it instead of talking about other people, as you said. <laughs> right. right. So we try to do things like that. Yeah. You know, I think that keeps us in our consciousness and also, right, where everything that we do involves spirituality and honoring. Like when we eat our food together, we bless our food first. Mm -hmm. When we fill up our water bottles, we have an alkaline water machine. We, Rama, I know does it too. I can speak for myself. I do mantra to the water mm -hmm. as I'm filling it up, you know? So I'm blessing the whole home. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm saying that in a way of ritual, of practice, mm -hmm. so that I know that I'm putting that energy into my home and into my relationship. So what would you say was the hardest part of having a conscious relationship? Maybe, Rama, you can mm -hmm. speak on that. Well, <clears throat> you know, we were talking Good question. about... <laughs> we're talking about authenticity, <laughs> right? It's not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We're talking about authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to be authentic. So, you know, we need practices to become authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Practices that peel the layers away so that we can be authentic, right? And when I think that, you know, like even when we were speaking about um, how somebody might be into a practice and someone isn't, mm -hmm. right? And then how that affects the relationship. So if I find a practice that's authentic to me, right? And I feel and see and hear truth in that, then I need to connect with that. And it doesn't matter who else is coming with me. If mm. people are on, want to get on this boat, this boat's about to leave the dock. It's <laughs> going in this direction, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's many other docks and there's a bunch of other boats. Mm -hmm. There's some boats that are going to Disneyland, yep. right? <laughs> and, it's, and it's a lot of fun at Disneyland. So there's the discernment, right? Where it comes in like, do I go this way or that way? Like Pinocchio, right? This way or that way? Like, you know, <laughs> do you want to go to that little... Fair, you know, to the fair and, and to the playground, or do you want to go deep into yourself? And so the practice is super important because if I, if I find truth in the practice, then I need to really see what's there and develop that, right? Um, some of our participants that are on our retreat, um, you know, they might have a significant other that's at home that isn't here because they're not into what that person is into. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. What the person who's here can do is strengthen their own aura, strengthen their own energetic field, and go deep into that truth mm -hmm. to solidify that foundation, mm -hmm. right? To solidify that foundation. Now this person can go back and continue this, but the person needs to practice because they will get dragged back into that other mentality, right? And then we might have someone on our retreat now who was on our last retreat. Let's say they came to India with us and they were the person whose partner didn't come. And they learned in India, they, they learned the ways, they learned how to eat differently and they're coming home with like, no, we're not going to eat that anymore. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. The partner might not like that. Your partner's like, no, 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 hold on. You will go away for a couple of weeks and you're like a whole different person now. Like, whoa, whoa I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. So now the conscious go relating back, begins. <laughs> now the conscious relating begins because yeah. before that it was unconscious relating. Right. One person 
comes across a truth, brings it to the table, conscious relating begins, even if it's, mm-hmm. even if it's one-sided, because mm-hmm. it's forcing the other person to start questioning and come with that inquiry, right? Then maybe that inquiry develops. The Prema was speaking about that deep, honest inquiry. This person can now get to the person. Let's say the person comes back as a yogi and the other person is the one that says, I don't want to be with this person anymore, mm-hmm. right? That can also happen. But what can also happen is the person can come back home, solidify their practice, continue that. And in that strength, the other person begins to notice something that wasn't there before. Oh, this person is a lot happier these days. And I'm not making it easier for them. And they're still super happy and they're, and they're doing their thing. And, they're, and then, you know, we have a couple on our retreat now that is here together. One of the people were, was in India, and a few years later, now now they're both here together, right? And that's really beautiful. Maybe that developed into something, and now both of those beings are here. So there was some inspiration that happened there. Something along the line happened, and somebody was inspired. And that's because one person saw truth and went deep. Our teacher also says, a true friend is someone who loves the truth, more than they love you. Mm. And that really takes a lot and a really mature mind to really sit and think about. What does that mean to you? It means that I am willing to give up all relationships for my highest self. Mm. Because if I'm not in my highest self, then I'm of no service to anyone, including myself. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm. Mm I want to take that that in. If mm. I'm not in the highest truth of myself, then I'm of no service to anybody. Mm. Right. Including myself. A car with a flat tire. <laughs> a car with a flat tire is, is... Nobody wants to jump in a car with a flat tire. Yeah. Because you can move along quicker walking on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Amazing. <clears throat> and the hardest part of a conscious relationship is that? Well... I think that the hardest part of the conscious relationship is knowing that there's a truth, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's the discernment, you choose that or you choose this. So I I believe that there's, you know, we were talking about balance and harmony, right? The moment we think we're in balance, you're not in balance, Mm -hmm. right? Because balance is an, this is a lifelong practice. Solana Prema's father is a huge inspiration to me. Um, cause he's been meditating for over 50 years, wow. right? 50 years, but he still meditates and it's the most important thing to him. I watch him give up so much stuff to go meditate. Mm. So obviously it's a lifelong practice. It, it's something that you have to continue doing and you have to continue doing. So you just have to really, really go deep yeah. into yourself, yeah. into yourself. And for, for us, we're both on the same path. So there might be it, there might be some times that are easy, but we're still in a relationship, yeah. right? And we're and we've been together for thirty years, and we have vrittis and samskara things from the past and things that may arise from when we were sixteen, the ways we used to, you know, when we were an unconscious couple, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Those things still arise. You know, we're not like like Prema said, we're not we're not the type of yogis that go around trying to act a certain way like things don't happen. Things happen. Things arise, you know, things arise and, and then you have to choose at that moment, what, what am I going to do right now? Yeah. 
And then you have to find that softness and then retreat into the softness, retreat into the softness, listen in the silence, and then come back. Not being reactive. You know what? Not being reactive is probably the hardest part of conscious relating. Yes. So there's, see you how it arises? You got it. You got it. It arises. So, but look, it, it took all of that, you know? <laughs> not not being beautiful. reactive, though. His own aware. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Not being reactive. So, that is hard. Being yeah. able Oof. to to catch yourself, right? Mm. And that's what these practices do. They're catch all yourself. tools yeah. so that we can continuously mm. catch ourselves. There's yeah. no, it's not going to stop yeah. because the ego mm. keeps coming and it keeps coming. And just when you think you've you've got it, you don't got it. Yeah. So you got to keep <laughs> catching yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why wow. there's so many practices. And that's why there's so many tools in yoga, so many positions, so many mantras. They say there's, Billions of mantras, mm. right? For the billions of thoughts that we have that are trying to pull us away. More than billions. Right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I yeah. thought I was being crazy with the number, yeah. but yeah, you're right. It's more than billions, right? So there's billion, trillions and trillions of things that are, yeah. that, are, that are designed to pull us away from mm. our own consciousness. So we have to keep going and keep working, keep going and, and know that it's a lifelong practice, right? Yeah. And if you're going to choose to practice yoga, if you're going to choose to go into these teachings, you're going to find out real quick that it's not that easy because now you're in consciousness. Now you know better. When you're unconscious, it doesn't matter. You're just living, yeah. you're doing whatever, and that's who you are. And people accept you like that. They're like, oh, that's, that's you know... That's Michael. That's how he is. And you're accepted as that. But once you realize your own greatness and, and, and that, that honest inquiry has happened, now there's no going back because now you know what's here and then you know what's here and you know where you are mm -hmm. in that spectrum, right? Oh, wow. and, and this is where we want to be, right? Yeah, the, at with the, the heart. With mm -hmm. the left and the right comes together mm -hmm. and then we're at the heart and then the balance is there. The Ida, the Pingala, and the, we form this, bring the palms together and, and here the left and the right hemispheres come together. And so mm -hmm. it's always in the middle where we meet, right? In the middle, yes. you know? Amazing. You know, Prema says something beautiful about the field of awareness is a place where you meet. Mm. Right? The field of awareness is where we all can meet. Mm. Right? Yes. We often say, you know, at home, just to add on to what he shared about the toughest part of a concert, I mean, that's a big question, yeah. right? Because it, it could depend on what the tough thing is in that moment, and that can constantly change. But, um, yeah, it's really about, for me, the practice of conscious relationship, being in relationship, sharing your life with someone else other than the self, is the practice of God, like without a doubt. And I'm not a parent currently, but parents say the same thing. Being a mother, a father, they say, this is God's work. Yeah. So you can also have conscious relationship as a parent. Yeah. Um, for me, the toughest part of a conscious relationship is also staying out of that fear-based idea of, too good to be true, or how much greater can we go, mm. right? There's no end to where we can go. Mm. So am I personally maybe sabotaging the next step? What else is there? Is there a place we reach together? Mm. 
right? So I tried to keep my consciousness clear about that and really just keep the field open for what's next here, right? And how can we continue to grow? There's more to deepen into. There's more to reveal itself. Mm -hmm. Um, With the 30 years that we've been relating and moving through all sorts of things, you know, we've had ups and downs and all arounds. Of course. Um, And of course, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, naturally we can fall into our old holograms, right? And our old patterns of relating. When we're lazy or we're tired or we didn't get this or we didn't get that, sure. Um, you know, anyone who says they don't do that is is not being truthful, mm-hmm. right? And that's okay. So do you point that out on each other? Like, oh, you're not being conscious right now. <laughs> <laughs> we try not to. Yeah. And we try to tr- 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 turn the you work into I. I, I feel. feel. Yeah. That's a practice we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it doesn't happen every time, but we try to. Yeah. Another practice we try to do is... Um, is and this is something that, that I think is beautiful. And it's kind of like what we're doing right now. We, instead of sitting, looking at each other when we're discussing something challenging, we sit aside each other like uh-huh. we're doing right now. And it might feel weird, okay? Uh-huh. But I can talk to him like this. And I'm looking this way and I'm going, looking I really straight. didn't like yeah, the way that straight. you shared that. And, you know, I thought you were really mean or whatever, okay. right? Okay, what's the benefit of that? Well, you. when you're looking at each other in the eyes and you're not soul gazing like you and I were shortly ago, right? That's different. (laughs) Yeah, that's different. Exactly. But then if you're like all heated up and angry and trying Mm -hmm. to prove your point or something and trying to be right, right, rather than trying to have peace. Mm -hmm. So that's another practice that we do. Do we want to be right or do we want peace? Which one's more worth it? Um, So when we're looking at each other in the eyes and having maybe a conflict or a challenge or whatever, disagreement, it's like kind of like a battle. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Me against you. Yeah, you're like this and, you know, yeah. especially Ram and I, we're both very strong individuals and we both have, you know, we know each other well. We're, we're high school sweethearts. We know exactly the buttons to push. <laughs> We've got them down to a science. We know each other really well, right? So, so if you know each other that well, as she's saying. You can be, and if you're yes. you know smart, it, then yeah. you know Do how that to if you want to. upset someone mm-hmm. or t- try to take them off kilter or whatever, right? I'm not saying that that's what we do all the time. I'm just being really honest. And I think that deep honesty is what how people can be inspired. Mm-hmm. Again, just like I want him to be inspired by me, I want others to be inspired by me as well. Right. That's my goal. Yeah. So if we sit aside from each other, maybe it could ease things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need our extra powers and our guides and our lights when we're in a conflicting situation hey we'll take all the support we can get <laughs> That's right. bring definitely. it on <laughs> definitely yeah amazing and if we could share a practice with any couples who might be watching this podcast right now and and they're in any type of place where they're wanting to cre- create conscious relationship in their life mm-hmm. and they want a very simple practice i think that what prema just shared is really really amazing it's mm-hmm. it's very simple it's, it's not in doable. Sanskrit. It's yeah. doable. It's for the. It's for people that you know that are that want to change, and it's just very simple. When the couple can just not as a couple, but the person in the relationship can just ask themselves, "Do I want to be right, or do I want peace?" Yeah. In every moment, when when the when it starts to arise within that, you know, I don't like, I don't think I like where it's going here, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of reacting, secluding back and asking oneself, do I want to be right or would I rather have peace? And 
in that peace, things things resolve themselves. Yeah. The person, the other person might notice your peace and come back themselves and say, hey, you know, I really didn't mean to say that or I kind of processed that. And, and your silence, you know, your, mm. your pulling back allows that space. You're providing your... You're providing the space for that person. You're holding space for that person by doing your own work, mm. you know, because then the person has the opportunity to mm-hmm. figure this out on their own. And there's no finger point. You did this or this or that. Or it, the person can really just process it on their own and come back if they choose to come back. But you don't, then that's the thing. We don't, if you're doing this kind of work, you have to be just self-reliant on what you're doing for yourself and not expect anything from anyone else. Yeah. You can't expect anything. Yeah, and I think that kind of takes you a step back from being reactive, as you said before. Yes. You stop that loop of reaction, reaction, reaction. It's like, okay, now am I consciously choosing how to show up in this conversation? Yes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) I love that. I love it. I feel there's so many practical tips of relating consciously Mm -hmm. that we spoke about so i encourage anybody who's listening to try that out with a partner or honestly when you were talking i was thinking like this is relevant to any relationship any relationship friends co-workers Co-workers. it's always about finding a way to relate consciously to relate with people to relate with the world to relate with ourselves in a conscious way Mm -hmm. absolutely i agree well i could talk to you guys for Hours, I feel like. Um, <laughs> us too, us too. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to the closing curiosity questions. Uh, kind of Wonderful. quick fire questions, so answer from the gut, from intuition. <laughs> um, and let's do it, whoever feels like answering first, like popcorn, popcorn style. What is <laughs> popcorn style? Yeah, I we that. say that here. I never heard that, but I love <laughs> oh, it. Popcorn style. Very cool. Yeah, I learned it here. I learned it here. <laughs> um, what is something you've changed your mind about? Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Are these fire questions? Oh I've, boy! <laughs> I've changed my mind about where I thought my life was going. Mm. Mm. What do you mean? Well, you know, we have this conditioning, right? We, we, we get taught that you, from early age, what are you going to be in school? What's your, are you going to be a doctor, a lawyer? Mm-hmm. And then you get into high school and what's your major? Yeah. What's your major? And what happens when you choose your major? Immediately you get to school and you're like, I want a new major, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So constantly changing your mind about who you think you are. So mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. I change my mind all the time. Right, because we don't have to be the way that we feel. Because th- that structure. So if we start feeling that we have to be a certain way, then there's structure, mm-hmm. right? And even in, when we're teaching yoga, you know, we might do something. We go from extreme to extreme on yeah. purpose so that people can experience, you know, heavy shaking, heavy shaking, and then we cut the music off, and then you know, stand in absolute silence, and it's just because that's the real world. The real world is it moves this way and that way. It's not like yeah. a real mellow smooth yoga practice it's shiva shakti it's just happening so Mm -hmm. moving in that manner and preparing for that and so constantly changing your mind about who you think you are and reinventing yourself they say the greatest reinvent themselves every few years by the way he also consciously raps (laughs) that was one of the lines from his Really? One of yeah. my songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I what love are you to on Spotify? That. Rama? Rama. R-A-M-A. Yeah, R-A-M-A. That's easy to find. Perfect. Look him up. I yeah. will definitely. All conscious rap. Beautiful. Spiritual. Uplifting. 
Super talented. You can find Prema and Rama too. Shiva's collage is on iTunes. Yeah, it's a hip hop song with mantra. Yeah, Prema and Rama. Look it up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. What is something you didn't think you could do and you did? Wow. Live somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I lived in India for eight months. And um, I taught there and I bathed in the Ganga every day and I just did it, you know. It it might not be as long as places, some people live places longer, but, you know, there was so much resistance about why I shouldn't go, you know, people telling me this and that and how are you going to pay your bills and what's going to happen and are you going to work and wow, just going for it. Mm -hmm. Well, that changed my life. Wow. You know, so when you really feel something like you shared the gut answer, just go with it. Yeah. You know, don't doubt it. Go for it. Yeah. You, nothing's permanent. Mm-hmm. You can always shift it. Hey, you get somewhere, you go with a choice and you want to, it doesn't feel good. Well, then make a change. Yeah. Reinvent yourself. Reinvent yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. What gives you hope? Uh, for me, I get hope from from sharing these teachings and seeing them land in people's hearts Mm. and land in their lives. I get emotional just thinking about it. And today when I taught, for example, I was crying at some point because it's just so heart opening, right? When we start to connect to who we truly are. So what gives me hope is that we can transcend anything and everything. Mm. And we don't have anything that we can't do or that we can at least meet and work with. So the hope is just having something to hope for is a beautiful thing. And that we can continue to share these practices with each other and share them with others in our life. It's like a snowball effect. Uh, That's what brings me hope. Yeah, I agree with Prema. uh, What brings me hope is seeing students have a new outlook on life from mm. maybe just a simple yoga class or from a breath work or from continuous work and, and seeing them develop and, and the light and awareness that comes about them because there that's that balance again and that harmony and that lifelong work. So if I see that in, in a student, it keeps me on my path. It makes me want to strive harder. It makes me want to go back and go deeper into the teachings. And, you know, we're using the title of teachers, but we're we're just two students up here that you're speaking to. Yeah. Eternal students. Definitely. Yeah, we're just students, and, and we're going to be students for the rest of our life, Definitely. sharing what we learn. I feel the same way. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. That gives yes. hope, too. Yeah. There's more to learn. There's more. Always. Always more to learn and grow. And what's next? That's exciting. So the last question relates to that. Maybe you can each answer. What are you curious about right now? (laughs) Curiosity to me is like everything, right? Mm -hmm. To have a curious mind, a curious soul, a curious experience in life, and a kind of just contemplating and reflecting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about how can I continue to refine myself? How can I continue to um, purify myself and drop into the true nectar of 
who I truly am? And how can I, yeah, how can I be less of who I think I am and more of what, of what I am? Beautiful. Yeah. Mm, that's really beautiful. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's awesome. Gorgeous, yeah. Those are beautiful words. I'm, I'm curious to know how much deeper Prema and I can go, right? Mm. We have 30 years together, and I'm hoping for <laughs> at least 108 more, uh, right? I'm curious to see like if we can notebook? get there. Yeah. Gonna, okay. Yeah. As long as we take our last breath at the same time. And also <laughs> curious to see what else life has in store for us, what else is in front, right? Instead of being fearful of what life is bringing, I'm, mm. I'm deeply curious to see what tomorrow will look like what next week will look like what next year will look like mm. you know? taking that curiosity with me <laughs> <I love that. laughs> thank so thank you, you for so asking much. that question thank you so how can people stay connected with you guys pranicflowyoga.com mm -hmm. pranicflowyoga on instagram p-r-a-n-i-c flow yoga and personal instagram is solana s-o-l-a-n-a dot 108 <laughs> and mine is rama r-a-m-a dot s-u-t-r-a sutra amazing yeah and if you want to learn more about my cinematography work you can find me at rama.1008 beautiful guys thank you so much i love this conversation <laughs> oh, thank you thank so you. much now after this time to nurture your mind and your spirit we invite you to take a moment to consider others a kind wish might come to mind Know that what we learn becomes more valuable when we apply it and share it with others. So share this episode on Instagram stories, tag Yandara and I, or share with a loved one so that more people can benefit from it. Our hope is that the search will lead you home to who you already are, to what was always there. We'll be back next week with more inspiration, honest conversation, and insight into the energetic world around us. Thank you for listening and watching.